Hi, this is Tim Sanders, founder of the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Pretty soon there will be 5G masks going out all around us and we want to make sure that you're giving yourself the best protection on the market. Our solution is unique. We use a new source of energy from the fifth dimension to balance radiation fields on any device, making it safe to use. Our results show that this structures water, it balances the blood and it keeps your body super strong. And yes, it works on 5G. The energy in the patch never runs out, so count up all the radiating devices in your life, stick one on each, and you're done. Click on the link below and you'll soon be bringing balance and strength back to your body. Thank you. Every single day, Five days a week, five days a week, we, the, the team is remote viewing new stuff. So I'm like, I can't even like, cause I have somebody that runs on the operations side and, and it's like all of that information that we have is just this massive, huge pile that we're sitting on. And so my brain is, is like literally trying to like understand what we just did the last week, you know, so I can figure out how to, you know, Oh God! Explain it out there. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we'll just we'll just jump into it and see where it goes. Yeah, uh, that seems good. to go the best anyway. It's already recording, so cool. Um, if you're ready, I'll just do a brief intro, and uh, yeah, I'm we'll good. Take, we'll take off. Um, hey guys, what's up? You're listening to Journey to Truth podcast tonight. We are joined by John Vivanco, a former remote viewer for the FBI and three other three leather agencies. He's done so much work in the field of remote viewing, and we'll let him explain that a little better. Uh, but as far before we get into that, I just want to let everybody know that once again, I got wiped out off of Facebook and Journey to Truth might be next. We don't know. But if you want to follow us, we're on Twitter and Instagram. It's ridiculous. I, th I, guess, I might be next yeah. again. I guess they think we're trying to sway the election or something. I'm not really sure. Um, but that's what uh, some people on Twitter, that's their reason is for election interference is why they get banned. It's like they really believe that we have that much pool, you know? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, how's it going over there, John? Doing good. Doing good. So wait, you're, so you got banned off Facebook? Yeah, this is the second time in a row. We both did like two weeks ago about mm -hmm. and then i already had a backup account luckily he made one and then he just got deleted again well i today. started i made a new group called because they were deleting <laughs> QAnon related stuff so i i started a new group called faceless far-right conspiracy theory <laughs> and <laughs> so I, he was asking for it yeah <laughs> anyway but yeah our journey to truth page the page and the group both went away when we both got deleted because we were the admins and then we made another journey to truth page or i did so if i get deleted again then the new page will go away again. yeah anyway and then just we'll make, just if you want to follow us we're on twitter and instagram also and obviously youtube um but yeah john how's it going man i know you just got back from east SETI. you were doing a remote viewing workshop all weekend how'd yeah. that go yeah we did four days four days like eight to ten hour days it's, it always goes well it's like th that location out there has a lot of energy in the land um, and it, it gives people more energy and more like this consolidated experience. 
Um, and then obviously it's like remote viewing training. You, you have to take people through the very basics on they remote view things that they can get full feedback on like real world stuff. Um, like historical events, YouTube videos, you know, stuff like that, like a guys in wingsuits flying around or something so that they can, they can do the remote viewing and then they can look at that um, event that they viewed. And so they can line up their data with um, uh, whatever it is, right? Um, so that's how they basically learn. Then after that, or in between those, you, you know, you toss in weird stuff like UFOs and ancient archaeology and stuff like that, which always blows their mind. Yeah. And just for the new listeners, the people who might not be aware of you, can you just give a brief rundown of your background with the three-letter agencies and how you got into this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm an artist. I, I went to art school, and I, was, I wasn't so interested in psychic functioning. Um, at all, right? But I was, you know, a, a, a meditator. I meditated a lot. I lived at a Zen center. And in 1995, when remote viewing was declassified by the CIA, I was like, what the heck is that? It's like psychic spies? Like they use some form of technology and I could learn that? Oh, I got to check that out. So I just started to research and figure it out. Um, I mean, back then it's like, 1995 internet really wasn't a whole lot, Um, but there were bits and pieces here and there that I cobbled together on how to remote view. And then I got formal training. So once I got formal training, I don't know what happened. It was like, I got pulled into a think tank because of the way that I remote viewed. Cause I went to art school and I was like, just describing how light falls on a surface. I mean, that's what you learn in art school. How do you describe that on pen and paper? You know, how light falls on a piece of paper, how light falls on a surface, put that on paper. And so that for me translated into what's known as a a very physical remote viewer. In other words, I describe things in a very physical way and, and not a lot of people do, right? People go about their lives and they live through concepts and metaphors, um, within the things around them. Uh, And that translates into their remote viewing sessions. So for me, it was just like being a very physical, physical remote viewer, and that's a valuable thing. So I got pulled into a think tank um, and started working. uh, It was a civilian think think tank, and we were working with um, people in corporations. We had an investor who dumped a ton of money into us, and we had a team of remote viewers, and we were working with um, like household names um, in the corporate side on technology, um, on entertainment, on stuff like that. And we would, we would literally be these backdoor deals. We would be like, you know, get a call from the CEO of these companies, you know, and say, hey, buddy, come here, you know, with the back door open and say, can you do this and that for us? Can, can you figure this and that out? And so we did. So it was this thing that grew and then it grew into the intelligence world as well, where we had people in intelligence contact us and ask us for things. They were just these one-off things. And it was never, ever like through the front door. It was always like these backdoor quiet deals where there was no paperwork. There was no like, um, security clearances. There was nothing like that. So we do this stuff 
you know, um, and it was usually weird stuff. I'll tell you, it's like most of the, I mean, they could figure stuff out, right? They could figure stuff out with in their intelligence operatives, whatever, going out in the field. But when you get to the bizarre things, alien things, uh, time-related things, portal-related things, they would ask us. And eventually what that led to was working on counter-terror. I mean, that's like full-on real-world stuff. Uh, right after uh, 2001, when the Twin Towers fell, it was like probably a week or so after um, that happened, we were asked by the FBI to, um, well, actually, first we were asked to remote view um, underneath the, uh, the towers after they collapsed to find out if that retaining wall underneath it was breached in the basement. Because if it was breached or if it was compromised in some way, then the Hudson River would have eventually flowed into lower Manhattan and completely destroyed it. So they wanted us to remote view that. So we looked at that and it was, it was fine. It was intact. We gave them all our data, told them we thought it looked good, um, no problems. And then probably about a week later, after all that heat subsided, they were able to get their engineers down there and confirm our information on it. And then they asked us if we wanted to hunt for bin Laden and mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, thanks. Don't want to do that. Um, well, it's interesting, all the information about bin Laden that's coming out right now, uh, if you're even keeping up with it. I am. So the hunt for him would have been kind of pointless because they kind of were head tabs on him the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was an asset. He was their asset, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, so, but see, but at that time, we weren't thinking in terms of conspiracy theories on the, to that degree, right? We were just thinking like, okay, backing up a little bit. We were constantly being harassed by an agency that I won't say its name in order to shut us down. Um, so we were being harassed by them. We had death threats. They would follow us everywhere. Um, so on the one side, we're being by, you know, like harassed by a criminal government agency. That's how I thought of it, because, I mean, why would these people break into our homes and rearrange our furniture? I mean, they're pure criminals. They're trying to get us to stop doing something that has been declassified, right? They didn't want us doing this. On the other side, we had people who were wanting to work with us in intelligence. And so we did. So there was this like constant pressure, squeezing pressure on us. And then when 9-11 happened and the FBI brought us in, the only thing we think about was, well, maybe this is gonna relieve that, you know, um, attack, the attacks that we were getting from this other agency. And on top of that, we were thinking, you know, we, we were thinking it was a real attack, right? From, you know, it wasn't this engineered thing. Um, so we just jumped right into it and we said we would do, we won't do bin Laden because we didn't want errant drop, uh, bombs to drop on people. You know, if, if we gave information and they did something with it and it killed people, then that's, that's on, that's on my head. Um, so we instead said that we would do counter terror, future counter terror. In other words, we would look at future terrorist attacks on us soil and see if we could, you know, give information that could potentially stop those those attacks. Um, you know, most of the people who work, uh, the people that we worked with, and the people that who work in that, like on the, it's like just above ground level surface, not like 
like agents on the ground, but people just who are managing that, um, they're, they're patriots, you know, they're people who are interested and believe in the narratives that the government puts out. Uh, and that's, that's a lot of what we found. So it's like, on the one hand, we're seeing this corrupt government system with this agency attacking us. Um, but on the other hand, we were involved with these people on the ground who were like, we're going to be attacked again at any moment, fully convinced, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was like our attitude, like this, this patriotic kind of like, well, we got to help stop something like this because we don't want innocent civilians to die. You know, find out later, you know, what, you don't even need to remote view this, right? Because all you've got to do is, is look at the open source information that's out there on this stuff. You don't need a remote viewer to tell you that this is all messed up and wonky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Especially now, I think this month we're seeing there's going to be a lot of intel coming out, a lot of information being dropped. It's going to be a busy month. Uh, totally. It already is, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's ramping yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just a quick side note. I know you've discussed this before, but would you mind sharing once again when you remote viewed the election what you saw? Right. Okay. So back in 26, we remote view the election every four years, see who's going to win. And what we do is we look at the emotional state of each candidate at the moment that they realize whether they won or lost. And that usually tells us, I mean, you know, one's going to be happy, one's going to be sad. Um, it's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. And so in past elections, what we've seen was that you know, for instance, between uh, like Gore and Bush, um, it's it's pretty much like, you know, looking at Gore, it was like, oh yeah, I lost, but it's not a big deal, right? That's the data that comes back. Not a big deal, not too unhappy about it. Knew pretty much that this is the way that it was supposed to go. When Bush is happy, he's fine. He's not super happy, but it's just like, yeah, it's fine. And so it's, it's like, it's, it's very even on the emotional side with a little up and a little down, right? Now, when we got to 2016 and we remote viewed Donald Trump, you know, his emotional state, I mean, he was ecstatic. It was, it was excellent. He was thrilled, almost unbelievable. He thought it was unbelievable. We look at Hillary Clinton and she is raging, like raging angry. And the viewers would describe her as being behind bars and shaking the bars. So I'm looking at this data and I'm going, look, you know, throughout all the elections, I've come to realize uh, even before that, that it's the system is gained, 100% gained. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who you vote for. So I was like, you know, I was just bitter about it in general, right? Then I see this data, like Trump and Hillary, I'm like, okay, something's going on here because he's not part of that team, right? That's, that's what the data told me. He is this wild card, this interloper that came out of left field and took it from them, 100% from them. Mm -hmm. So that, is, that really perked me up. I'm like, man, something crazy is happening here. And I remember you know, when the whole QAnon uh, popped up, I was right there right at the beginning, just watching this stuff unfold, right? And so we had remote viewed that as well, because you can't not. And I won't go into specifics, but I mean, we saw that it is and was a military operation, you know, 100% legit. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so what about this upcoming election? Have you looked at that? Oh, yeah, we've looked at that. 
can't not look at that. <laughs> um, yeah, we do get Trump winning. We do get Trump winning it. But there's going to be a lot of weird stuff, weird stuff around it. It's going to be turmoil. It's going to be social unrest. Um, it's going to be a question for a while as far as who actually won. I mean, not to me, but to the rest of society. <clears throat> it's going to be like, he's trying to steal it. He's trying to steal it. Or it'll be up to the point where they're able to capture the elect, you know, the votes, not the Democrat side, be able to capture the votes and it make it appear like he did win or it's so close that it could be contested. So they're going to try and screw with this as much as they possibly can because it's their life on the line. Yeah. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is their Jericho here, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they're going to do everything in their power. If Trump does win in the, to the masses in the media, if they do have him winning, they're going to do everything in, the, in their power to make it seem like he is sitting in the White House illegally. Right. Yeah. So there's exactly. a, it's not going to, like you said, it's not going to be smooth. Yeah. It's not going to be smooth. By no. any means, no. Yeah. Yeah. By any means. Yeah. Um, uh, what about this uh, virus? Have you, have you looked into that as far as being man-made? Yeah, we, we looked into that. That... Okay, so the first question. Okay, let me explain how remote viewing works in case no, you know, few people out there know. I think most people know these days, but the way we work is that um, remote viewers always work blind. They're, they don't know what they're going to remote view beforehand. <laughs> so we basically just write down a question along with a random like eight digit number. And then we only give the remote viewer that number, right? It's it's bound with intent to the question, um, and this was the this is the military method of tasking remote viewers. So they get the number and they go through their method um, in order to get information. And so we'll use probably around five remote viewers uh, per project per question, and then we'll take all that information, pages and pages of information, and then we'll cross correlate it and pull out the corroborative points so that you've got a very good picture of what the potential is. Um, so that is basically in a nutshell how it works. So uh, with COVID, so the first question that we asked was, is this a um, lab iteration of a, natural or a, of a natural virus, right? Anything created in a lab is gonna come from nature to begin with, right? So, you know, describe, basically how this was created. So the viewers were describing a lab. They were describing a functioning lab, people in suits, glass test tubes, um, splicing DNA, working on, on, that, on that level in order to create something. So, I mean, it was 100% clear. All the data was reflective that it was an iteration from the lab. So the next question after that became, so is this released on purpose or by accident? The viewers talked about these people who were outside of the lab, but in control of the lab, who specifically released it on purpose. So they pushed it out into the population in order to have it spread. Just not an accident, 100% not an accident. And then the next question was, well, why? You know, why did they do this? 
And literally, I think it comes down to one phrase in the remote viewing data that said one rule, one law. And that reflects back to the new world order. Absolutely. I mean, all of the language that we got surrounded the surrounding was to drive people into fear and acceptance of a one world government. But the other side of this is that there was some data reflecting that it was it was too early, like people people hadn't gotten to a point where they would accept that because this virus is not as damaging as they had hoped it would be, right? They yeah. may have accepted it if there were, you know, billions of people dying, millions to billions of people dying, right? Yeah. Yeah. But not, not in this case. And, you know, the other side of this, though, because this is the other side, this is a bioweapon. This is not a good thing. Right. I mean, even though the um, even though the conditions of it may be light and it may be a little bit more difficult to get than they than they've been suggesting, you still don't want it. Right. Because it has these long term effects. Um, you want to make sure that you don't get it. But, you know, masks aren't going to do anything. I think it was like 80 percent of people who were wearing masks, you know, got it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Got it anyway. Yeah. So you, you want to not get it if you can, just because of the more long-term ramifications. You know, you don't know what they've spliced in this thing since it came from a, you know, Chinese lab. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> no, that's exact. I mean, at this point, anybody who's watching this right now has came to that same conclusion. Right. We all know this thing's man-made. We all know at, at this point, even, even people who weren't aware that it was man-made at are starting to question it's right so obvious the numbers yeah. the cdc every week are flip-flopping they're changing the rules every week they're just making it they're spinning it to fit whatever they're trying to do that week it's always different yeah totally i mean this like this whole thing takes me back to when we we're working counter-terror and one weird questionable thing that happened so we were we were doing you know future terrorist attacks on u.s soil and then um do you, if you remember, there was these anthrax attacks yeah. that started oh, yeah. happening. So, so outside of us being asked to do this, we just jumped on it because you know we're doing counter terror, and so we figured we we should do it. So we started to remote view um, where the anthrax came from and who was involved in you know spreading it. Right? They were sending it to senators and stuff like that, and we were getting like a lab in the United States that it came from and white military males that were uh, in intelligence that were pushing this stuff out, right? And so we're like, wait, wait a second. You know, we're not getting like anything related to Middle Eastern terrorism or anything like that. This is literally some intelligence operation. And so we send this data to the FBI and they're like, no, 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 no. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. You know? Sure. <laughs> of course. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Uh, so going back to, so during your time, you mentioned uh, being asked to view things such as portals and, 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 and odd things like that. So what did, what did you see when you did that? Like, and the, the stuff about the secret space programs and all that stuff we hear about, is that legitimate? Have you looked into stuff like that as well? Yeah, we were, we were, so there's one instance where we got a phone call from one of the people we worked with in an agency. And literally all he said was, um, some scientists have done something 
can you have a look at what they did and the ramifications of it? That's all he said. So he, he couldn't tell us what it was. He could only sort of point to it. It's not a big deal in remote viewing because you just basically tasked on what the scientists did. Um, and then you can know what it was. So what we saw when we, when we cast that was um, these, these scientists were trying to um, merge dimensions, our dimension with another dimension. And when you look at all the technology out there, super colliders, even stuff that goes back to Montauk with radar, high-powered radar, um, there's so many stories. Like the, the, the TV series Stranger Things yeah. is about the Montauk, the whole Montauk situation, um, which we had remote viewed that, and it did happen. It is true what happened there at Montauk. So we had seen that, that these scientists were so thrilled with the technology they had and what they could potentially do that they decided they wanted to see if they can merge our dimension with another dimension. So they were able to do that. And because of that merge, some very strange effects occurred in our timeline, as well as some bizarre monsters. I mean, it sounds weird. It was what we saw in the data, right? Some Not at all. Monsters came through and have they have forever changed the fabric of our timeline, of our reality, of our universe by doing this. So we gave him the data, you know, told him what it was, and he was just like, thanks. Yeah, we thought that happened. Did okay. this happen to did this happen to occur near Skinwalker Ranch? No, it didn't. We didn't look at the location on where it occurred. So one, one of the things that always happened to us was that if we looked at really weird stuff that maybe the government or intelligence or whatever was involved with, we wouldn't get in trouble. But we looked at technology that was related to the weird stuff, then we would get warned. Or locations. So those two things, if we brought those together, we would just, we would get warned. And since there were so many death threats on us, we just stayed away from that. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. Because that fits the description of what appears to be happening at Skinwalker Ranch, all these creatures and things moving in right. our dimensions and stuff. And that happens I, all I, over the place, yeah. I suspect that what we were viewing was was Montauk. Okay. I suspect yeah. it. I don't know 100% for sure because never ever dug into that aspect, just just because of the, the watchers over over me and over the team that I was working with. Now, what about like um, like the secret space program? Has there any, or have you done off-planet viewing and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 like I don't know that that seems to be like the staple for remote viewing. You sure. know, well, let's look at aliens. Let's look at off-planet stuff. Yeah, we looked at, for instance, you know, the Gary McKinnon. Yeah, the uh, hacker. Yeah, yeah, the hacker. Um, who, man, he um. He got into a NASA computer. Oh, first he was just—he was pissed off that um, pensioners were dying in Great Britain, and he was convinced that the military and governments had free energy, and so he literally went on a hacking spree in order to try to, you know, bring free energy out. And and so this guy hacks like I don't know how hundreds of computers. I'm not sure, um, military computers and. Basically, the way he did it was you just type in, probably just typing in my username and then my password, right? I mean, 
Yeah. Because nobody changed anything back then. So when he found access to that NASA computer is when he, um, you know, found that big cigar shaped ship, the picture of it. So we looked at that to see what it was. Um, And that thing looks to be just a massive communications platform. Very, it's a deep space um, type of ship that there were human type astronauts on this ship as well as aliens. Um, So there was a mix. And so the ship from our data appeared to be kind of a hand-me-down with with extremely high technology, but old technology for the group who gave it to the, uh, uh, I don't know, people here, the humans here. Um, And they were using it in order to map space, different areas where they could mine. I mean, mining is, really what it comes down to, resources, find resources out in deep space, even travel there with this ship. Um, so this, th- I mean, this, this ties into, this is part of the secret space program. Um, and and that, that whole huge construct. So we'd also remote viewed stuff on the moon where there are, I mean, there are ba- we've got bases on the moon. That's part of the program because, sure. you know, I mean, just at a very simple level, think about the cost effectiveness of having something orbit in space as a space station versus just having a space station on the moon. I mean, it mm-hmm. seems to make a lot more sense. And the moon is completely mineable. There's, there's tons of stuff on the moon um, that can be used to build things with, you know. In fact, that's a lot of what we see going on there not just by, you know, humans, us, secret space program, but by other beings, other aliens. They kind of like, like created boundaries and borders on the moon. Um, and everybody's got their own little, their little, little plot up there. Yeah. Uh, that definitely, know, we, I was we, saw that. Spas. we saw spas on the moon. Spas. It really? sounds completely nuts. I, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like vacation. Line- it lines up with a lot of whistleblower testimony also, which yeah. is, that's what's fascinating to me, that yeah. you're able to view that and see that, and it corroborates with some of these whistleblowers. Well, like, you know, Corey, Corey Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, don't know ultimately where he's coming from and the information he gives out. But I'll tell you, you know, I've spoken to Corey and he said things that we would only know with regard to remote viewing. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Corey, Corey knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the impression I've always gotten, but it's nice to hear someone else validate that. Yeah, 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 he's on the up and up. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. So, okay, so you, get, you viewed the moon and you, there's bases. Have you gone like to Mars and other planets or? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the Cydonia region of Mars. I mean, there's stuff all over Mars, but I think a lot of the focus is on Cydonia as far as the public goes. The face. Yeah. The face, which yeah, is the face, right? Yeah. And you've got um, some pyramid looking structures, uh, just these square things that look like they've collapsed. Um, and, you know, so we've looked at that pretty extensively, that whole area, try to figure out what that was. And they're literally ancient structures like we have here on Earth. 
the same same stuff. In fact, when the viewers go there, they see um, like what would it be? It would be like Aztec and Mayan low relief stuff, right? Like like on collapsed columns and on the walls and pottery shards. So they see this stuff there, and sometimes they even describe um, uh, like Quetzalcoatl, like that that being. That's a bird. Um, the bird. Yeah, the the, the the winged serpent deity of Mesoamerica, mm -hmm. and so they describe that being. And so it's really fascinating. This area, the Cydonia region, used to be this this hub of their culture, and. Like people from all over Mars, at least with this civilization, I'm sure like the Earth, there have been tons of past civilizations there as well, would make pilgrimages to this location. It was like the uh, cultural and governmental seat. And, you know, they'd go there and there was this one area where they would um, commit suicide. I mean, it's part of that whole Quetzalcoatl thing, I think, yeah. um, to become part of the culture, part of the structures that were there since that they felt that was the height of their civilization. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an, it's an incredible place, Mars, but you know, there's also, so when, when you're remote viewing stuff, there are other beings th that have technology that can tell when you're remote viewing, right? Yeah. In fact, I had done some experiments around remote viewing and, and, and very sensitive static um, devices, static electricity devices. And I, I had done these experiments and found that very sensitive devices on the static side can pick up when a remote viewer's field comes into an area. So, so take that. I mean, this is like reinventing the wheel. Take that and then apply it to, to technology when you have a ton of money and a ton of resources. So there are bases on the moon where if you go and you remote view them, these alarms go off. And you hear, you literally hear, hear them when you're remote viewing and, you know, you're basically pushed out, chased out energetically. Yeah, I've, I've heard another remote viewer explain the same exact thing. Uh, and, and they said, as soon as you're caught, they know your location also. And, and they can, and some of these beings can actually come back and find you like, a, let's just say a dark entity or something. So it's really important that if you get caught to put of some type of a protection immediately so they're not infiltrating is that accurate yeah that's accurate i mean so so these beings would be more like third to fourth dimensional crossover you know where technology looks like it's magic um and they they're able to move through each so they have this broader awareness this broader consciousness and they can find you within 3d reality um, normal human technology that can detect a remote viewer likely can't find you uh, because they don't have that fourth dimensional aspect developed well enough. Um, and there's stories, there's, there's, there are stories out there of remote viewers who have been visited um, and warned after going into some of these locations. Um, I mean, that's, I've, I've been visited before, but not because of that. I try to stay away from that stuff as much as I can. Yeah, so this is not just off planet. These are most of our government and military facilities have this technology that knows if somebody yeah. can view it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's one remote viewer, Daz, Daz Smith, um, great, great guy, great remote viewer. 
um, out of England, he did some, he did a public thing on remote viewing area 51. Um, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. And, and he was going down level by level of the base mm -hmm. and describing everything until he got to a certain level. And all of a sudden an alien came up and blocked him and didn't allow him to go any further. And that's what you find when you're remote viewing this stuff is that they have these things, not just, you know, beings will come and uh, stop you from going any further. They'll, they'll bounce your consciousness out. They, you will also have what we call viewer traps or they're like mouse traps where there's something dimensional spinning and shiny that you just get sucked in and attracted to while you're remote viewing this location. And you don't, you can't go anywhere else. You're just kind of stuck in this thing until you decide that it's over, it's done. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. We found that with, um, for instance, Mount Zeal, Z-I-E-L in Australia. Same, same thing happens at multiple bases when you go and remote view them, these sort of uh, purported underground bases. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this, I'm sure after doing this for so long, you have an entirely different view of the world and just yeah. life in general. Were, how much of this was a shock to you when you got into this? Or did you already have a background that, that some of this stuff existed? Or was it all, did you learn it all as you remote viewed it? Um, I mean, before I got involved in, I've always, I've always been open to possibilities and thought that nothing is impossible. And so I had that attitude going into it. Um, I had done a little bit of research around UFOs. I mean, when you talk about like doing research versus listening to somebody tell you what it is, it's mm -hmm. a huge difference, right? Oh yeah. So I've always been a person who's like, I want to find out for myself. I don't want anybody to tell me what is and what isn't. So, so I think the depth of it, the depth of the weirdness um, and the depth of conspiracy in a sense, wasn't shocking to me so much just because I did, I would always do my own research and pull pieces together, whether that's remote viewing or open source. Yeah. And, and so, no, I don't think I was really shocked by it. I mean, but you know, at the same time, things do get weirder and weirder the longer you're in this field, you know? I mean, I don't have the same viewpoint as, as people at all, most people at all, <laughs> just because I've been doing this for so long. The universe is, is um, incredible and amazing. And, and we only see this weird, tiny little sliver of it here on Earth. But learning remote viewing, it, you, you get to know the back alleys of the multiverse. And so your whole experience of the world around you changes. Yeah, it, has to, it changes the way you interact with people also. Yeah. Even us doing this and, and the things that we learn and research and hear from all of these amazing guests, it changes the way you interact with everybody around you. And once you have a certain understanding of life and the multiverse and dimensions and all this stuff, um, it even changes like the way you would grieve the loss of a loved one or whatever. I feel like we, it just, you have a different understanding of things. Yeah. It's, it's a really mm -hmm. interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, my mom just died uh, earlier this year and it's, it's not a big deal. Well, she, yeah. she talks, she'll talk, you know, she'll talk to me. Yeah. Nice. I talk to her more now than I did when she was alive. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. I lost my mom when I was 25 and I feel like I have a, 
better relationship with her now than before. It's weird. Yeah, totally. But it's because I'm open to this stuff also. Um, but the stuff, the stories and the experiences I've had, if I were to explain to people, they wouldn't believe it anyway. And it's not. Boring. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. Um, so I want to jump back into something I wanted to ask you earlier about um, 17. Uh, uh, so have you actually looked into that operation and what have you seen if you have? The, it, like I always try to limit it, especially like if, if, if it's, if it's an operation that is on the good side, yeah. it's like, I mean, how much do you want to look into it and let people know versus letting it play out? Because it's, it's, it's an operation on the good side. And obviously there's classified aspects um, that, yeah you know, if known would compromise the operation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go into that. Like it is an operation. That's, that's really as far as we went. Yeah. Um, because I don't want that kind of information on my, you know, in r remote viewing sessions, hanging around or even in the, that in my head. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you were targeted for so long. Is there any part of you that still thinks that you're being targeted when you do this? Or do you think you're kind of clear? No, I, I mean, I, I'm still watched. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had instances and run-ins where it's, it's basically uh, not a warning, but just to let me know. And what does that look like? Is it something like publicly, like people come and try and do something to you or? It, it's, it, it follows along the path of um, like overt infiltration because, because of my past and what I used to, what I was doing back then, what I used to do back then, um, working in this think tank, it, 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 you really have to learn how to um, understand how they work. And so you watch those areas, potential pathways that they work in. Um, and, you know, they'll vary, but you keep your eye out, keep your eye open. And then when someone comes through one of those pathways, that's what you deal with. That's what you look at. That's what you try to close off. Um, and it happens. It's like the pathways are open uh, typically because I have to deal with public and people and stuff like that. But when that person comes in, it's always apparent. Uh, you know, also the other side too is that this is remote viewing. It's like for people who come come and get close to me, I have to understand who they are, right? And so we'll use remote viewing to understand that. So, you know, that's so you that's the go to. So you remote viewed us? You guys? <laughs> no, no. I mean. It's it's not like you have to use remote viewing, remote viewing. You you know everybody's got their spidey senses, yeah. Just in general, yeah. and if those get ticked off, you know, then it's like okay, well, we better look at this individual or people or you know someone that wants to work with me and my team. You know, for what reason? What's their motivation? You know, and it's just part of security. You know, I don't want it to be that way. I mean, I didn't like I so I left remote viewing for a bit, right? I, after, so we were basically shut down. Um, we had the IRS come in and take our money. We had been harassed so hard 
by even a person in the State Department. And we were like just trying, they were just trying to shut us down. When they went after our remote viewers in that, you know, in that company is when we had to shut things down. So we shut it all down and then I just laid low. You know, I, I knew I still had to do remote viewing, so I was still running a team. Um, but I wasn't doing anything publicly. And then I started to do um, media, stuff in the media. Um, and it, but there was this gap. I, and in the gap, it was so refreshing because I didn't have to, I didn't have to like be aware of who my new friends were. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was like, no big deal, you know, go to a bar, have a beer, hang out with people. But then when I went back like really deep into it and going on the media side, you know, doing TV shows and stuff like that is when it started to happen again, you know? And I had, I was like, Oh man, sure. you know, like, like, like one instance, a person was wanting to take a remote viewing class and it was a good friend of a friend. And that person, I knew that they were, not who they said they were because I, my spidey senses ticked off. And so I viewed them and, but I just went along with it, played. Well, it turned out that while they were in my uh, space, my computer got hacked and then my phone camera, my phone was infiltrated and they were able to turn on my phone uh, camera all the time, as well as the microphone. And so they had like gotten into all of my electronics by allowing me to bring them into my space, you know? And it was like, I mean, is that the way that you, you want to like communicate with me? Why don't you just like sit down at a table and talk to me yeah. as opposed to think I'm like hiding something. It yeah. just never made any sense to me because everything I do is like in the public. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I mean, a... you don't like, you don't, you wouldn't remote view somebody without their permission. Technically, it's like you wouldn't enter somebody's right. house without their permission. So, I yeah, understand. I mean, I have ethics around this. We have ethics, and that's what I teach in remote viewing. You have to have ethics. Look, nothing is private. Your minds aren't private, but there's a semblance of privacy and a respect for privacy. And so, we mm -hmm. need to hold that. We need to keep to that. You know, right. this is part of the human growth, right? You know, you have to have that balance. Of, of, of power and responsibility. This is something anybody can do. Anybody can remote view. Everybody's got these sensibilities to them. But does that mean you should go and like invade other people's minds? No, bad karma. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Respect. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just a good advice in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For anybody, especially right now. Uh, so what is the, farthest back in time you have remote viewed something well and how has that changed history for you yeah i mean so I, you know i i don't know about date dinosaurs i mean we you know remote viewed dinosaurs before but i think really what's interesting is is remote viewing the past civilizations of earth i think that that's incredibly fascinating because at this point, I'm fairly convinced that, um, you know, Darwin's theory of evolution, it, it's correct on a small scale within 
epochal times, sort of. Um, but I think on a like massive scale, massive cosmic time scale, I think we see something different. I think we yeah. see more of, um, well, it's like the, um, the ages, like the golden age, the silver age, the iron age, and the, uh, in the bronze age. I think, I think what I'm seeing with remote viewing data is that, is that we have, are going through these ages. Right. And it's the same with the Hindus and they've got the Kali Yuga and the Satya Yuga and all that. And and I think what what we see with remote viewing in these ancient structures come from these earlier ages, especially when you get to the pyramid type structures where one of the ages or if not all of the earlier ages use earth energies in order to power their civilizations and communicate with each other. Um, so. So that is really, I think, what I find the most fascinating thing. And then in between these ages, there's usually a cataclysm that kind of nearly wipes the slate clean. And then humans do it all over again, except they've devolved and gotten less connected to, div to divinity, to divine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that to me is the most fascinating thing here. And, and right now, I know right now we're at the end of the the Iron Age, the Kali Yuga. We're right at the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, there's always doom and gloom and I never focus on doom and gloom. Um, but we have been seeing some things that are doom and gloom. You know? Sure. Well, yeah. I think that's just to be expected right now. I don't think, I think pretty much all of us at this point know it's going to get worse before it gets better. Right. We're seeing it play out every day, right. but we just have to expect more. But what's interesting about you looking at these past civilizations, so you talk about them using the earth energies to build stuff and communicate. They had a much better understanding of what earth even was, what, what they were actually capable of, what their true potential was. That's how they were able to achieve what they did. Oh, yeah. And then that's, why, that's, where, we, that's where we differ. And that's ultimately what's leading to our demise, you know, our technological advancement isn't matching our spiritual advancement. And then that's what happens. That's how the civilizations fall typically. Right. It just goes to show that these ancient people had a much better understanding of how things work than we do. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's like the earth is, is a giant battery, giant battery, and you can pull off of it. And I just don't, I just don't get why we haven't followed that because when you, when we look at other planets, there's usually, if, if mammals have been there, there's usually a pyramid, you know? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. like the standard for, for um, most species is to draw energy off the earth in that way. It's so cheap, right? You don't have to use all these resources from the planet. You just use the planet itself. It doesn't make any sense to me what we're doing here. It doesn't. <laughs> no. No. It, well, obviously, we know why, though, because they're, they're trying to make it as far, you know, these this cabal has their entire yeah. purpose is to make it as far from natural as possible. So anything that organic and natural, they're anti. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Except they all want us to eat natural veggie burgers now. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like beyond meat. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Which kind of scares me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, not that, I mean, not, I mean, I used to be a vegetarian for a long time, but when, when, when the corporate media starts mm -hmm. pushing 
like a, a food product yeah like across the board that kind of starts to freak me out you just don't know what's in it for what reason i just i, I just get very skeptical yeah 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 we get back to growing our own food and yeah raising our own food yeah yeah taking totally. away from the system in general yeah. really is what we need to we need to do you know well, yeah think about it too it's like what just nobody knows how to grow food anymore yeah like this for is farmers like within the last hundred years or so you know i mean what happens if food stops getting delivered to the stores exactly well we already That's got true. a glimpse of that during this shutdown uh mm -hmm. early on how many taste how, of it how many people started to panic right uh, um even, stores were getting empty on stuff you know yeah, we're, we're not taught how to harvest mushrooms and what's poisonous and what's not and harvest anything uh, you know we don't know how to go into the woods and survive some right. people do not everybody but we're not taught that no you have to teach that to yourself and how many people are doing that and why would you do that if everything's just given to you right mm -hmm. and that's where they want us uh, he, you know, it's really interesting, really quick about the talking about the veggie burgers. I was in a past life regression, and at the end, your higher self comes through, and the practitioner uh, actually had a question for my higher self, and they asked, um, they asked about veggie burgers and these meat alternatives. And the, the what came through me was, uh, well, do you, do you think your ancestors were eating veggie burgers and and vegan brats? You know. <laughs> uh, and that's that's true it's like right that that should tell you right there it's like no that's not where we need to go that's totally unnatural right but like you know you and i were talking though you know when we we're hanging out is that you were you were i mean look at factory farming and you were talking about the proper way to harvest meat and that is not the way we do it i mean i think even at least being a hunter is one step closer, but that's not even the proper way either. There's like this, this reverence that you have to give and know that that being that you just took its life gave it to you and that's your brother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how they kind of uh, a lot of the ancient cultures, even the Native Americans, they knew that animal was coming here as a sacrifice and in return, uh, upon death, they would transition its soul. They right. would they would cross over its soul, and there was this exchange. There was this ag agreement, and obviously they blessed the food, and they understand. They understand. They understood the deal. They understood the sacrifice. We have totally lost sight of that. Right. And how many people are actually continuing to do that? And that's something. If you try to explain to a vegan, they still just like flip out. Hey, they right. Wrap well, their head yeah. around it. I was talking to a, um, a native native person. And they were telling me that even with the plants, you have to do a chant, you have to sing a song to the plants before you even pick them, mm -hmm. you know, to respect them and, and, and show them who you are and what you're going to use them for. Is there and alive? Can you pick them? They're alive as well. They have a consciousness. They're alive as well. well. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. see, to me, this is like the, this is, this is the transition point into another age, right? We're going to go into i think we go into the the bronze age from here right if you, you want to talk about ages and i think like these things we've lost our mental clarity right our our divine clarity and these are the kinds of things that we have to bring back into it 
that that like connection with source energy connection yeah. with the divine which you find in native cultures just as far as how to live off the land you know it isn't about just like stealing taking everything from the land because it belongs to us it's literally humbly asking it yeah yeah i mean even, sustenance even as far as i know people who uh if they want to build a house they won't buy the lumber they'll actually cut the tree down themselves they'll ask permission they'll do the same thing we just talked about with the animal in return they will plant another tree for every tree they cut down to build their home yeah. this is these are the ways of life that they're just lost yeah yeah so it's really interesting yeah i thought we were going to be talking about remote viewing all i know <laughs> <laughs> i love it when it gets deeper yeah. like this so yeah exactly it's the best um yeah so i know uh you do you're doing your show on edge of wonder right now chronicles of narnia or whatever <laughs> <laughs> show chronicles of narnia <laughs> chronicles yeah. of a psychic spy <laughs> um, ecs lewis yeah actually yeah no it's a really it's a really great show and a lot of stuff that you cover on the show i know we've talked about tonight but obviously go more in depth there uh so that's really cool just wanted to let, give you a chance to plug that and anything else that you that you have going on yeah yeah that that show um you know i put stuff on youtube right hemispheric remote viewing um teach classes i teach a lot of classes uh have a book out the time before the secret words so yeah yes yeah, it's, it's what i do it's just this constant rolling of trying to push remote viewing out to the public as much as i can because i think I think that in the, the times that we're in, you know, a lot of people have no idea what is truth and what's untruth. And, you know, I mean, guys like you are doing it and putting it out there, right? Which is excellent. And I think remote viewing is one of those tools that anybody can use to know what's true and not true. I mean, it, we're being gaslit by government, by media and people just don't have the mental clarity anymore and yeah, they need to yeah. get that back yeah and Absolutely. and just to add to what you're saying i've taken a remote viewing workshop here locally and i was totally shocked at the results after it's crazy. On, on the third day especially um I, I was surprising myself because and i don't even know how i was really doing it to be honest and i and i'm i'm kind of upset with myself that i didn't actually keep up with it you know I was really excited about it for a while and I tried to do it. And then, you know, how life is, it kind of yeah. drifts away, but it is possible. I mean, I can only imagine if I would have kept going, you know, but you know, it's the thing. It's like, but you know, now, like you, you know, that that's a real ability in yourself, Yeah. you know, and, and I don't know if you would be able to get it any other way than going through that whole process. And you can always go back to it. It's not something that goes away. I mean, there is obviously this practicing that builds it up, but I'm, you know, it, it also breeds all this, this, uh, it just breeds discernment within you in general. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that gut, that intuition that you formed right there and then is something that's carrying you through what you're doing right now. I, and I just realized why I didn't continue to do it because of something you said, the, the homework that they gave us was boring. Like right. it, it really was, it was so dull and it wasn't exciting. I kind of lost interest. 
but I didn't think about it. Like, like you said, you have to make it exciting. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. It's like just tasking people on buildings over and over again is not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I mixed it up. Well, that and the, like the Zenner cards and all that stuff, like we yeah, talked about. Yeah, the Zenner cards, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but anyway, yeah, this has been awesome, man. Thanks thanks so much for coming on and doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. And guys, you know, uh, we've talked about the documentary uh, we're working on. John Vivanco is featured in it. Uh, we're not going to disclose too much, uh, but we are working on it. Uh, we're starting to get near the end but there's a lot more involved than we uh, realized so it's coming though and uh yeah thanks again john um this has been great and uh yeah thanks again to everybody out there who's donating um it means everything we can't do this without you you know we're getting shut down right now i just read an article now that uh they're talking about a major QAnon ban on youtube so who knows what's going to happen if we're going to see a purge on youtube like we did on facebook so Anything uh, that everybody is doing for us means everything, and it's why we are doing this. So, and we just want to say thank you again. We can't thank you enough. Um, and uh, if there's yes. any, is there any last words, John, before we wrap this up? Time's up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't <laughs> think of anything. I was like, I don't know. I got nothing. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will be back next week. Have a great night.